It's time for The Drive's Top 5 at 5. Welcome back. The Drive continues. Quitting time on your Friday. It's 5 o'clock here on Fan Run Radio. Russell Smith, Cup D Live this afternoon from National Law Rex and Farragut. One more hour with you. And we start things off with the Top 5 at 5. Marcus Young standing by in the White Claw Heart Shelter Studios. Marcus, what do you got? Thank you, Russell. At number one, Oklahoma and Texas will be joining the SEC in 2025 as their early exit talks from the Big 12 has stalled. The negotiations between the two schools and the Big 12 tried to see if they could join the SEC in 2024, uh, but they've stalled and the deal is not expected to come to fruition. After the weeks of negotiations between uh, Texas and Oklahoma, and the networks, ESPN and Fox, and the Big 12. So it seems it could be an uh, issue with TV deals as well. Good things come to those who wait, Sooners and Longhorns. What do you think the chances are that Texas and Oklahoma stumble into the SEC in 2025 with new coaches? I don't see this Sarkeesian guy or nah. the dude, I, I, get, uh, Venables. Venables, I guess, at Oklahoma. I don't see the, either of those hires working out very well for them. No. No. And Probably won't be with them. Oklahoma better keep their lousy, stinking, no good hands off of Josh Heupel. He don't want you. You guys done him wrong. Stay away. At number two, we have uh, some controversy in women's basketball as Carl Austin's Duke recently said that during their game against Florida State, the first half of the game, a men's basketball was used instead of a woman's basketball. In her quote, she said this would never happen in a men's game. It's embarrassing for our sport. The circumference of a woman's ball is about an inch smaller than men's basketball and is typically two ounces lighter. While it may not seem like a lot, that is a big difference. It, it just seems like this is one of those situations that is a complete failure by the NCAA and, like... Obviously, it affected both teams, despite the fact I don't that think apparently it's a failure by the NCAA. It's just uh, well, think the about the game. Whoever picks out the game for or the ball for that particular game, I mean, it's uh, it's stunning. But I don't know. Florida State and the conference are saying that it didn't happen, so they're denying the story. And I don't know how you would prove or disprove those allegations. It sounds like something's going to end up being swept under the rug. <laughs> My question for you, Russell, though, is like when you think about like Deflate Gate and what happened there, like that's that's what I mean when I talk about a failure. It, it just feels like that to me. Yeah, but that was something that was allegedly done intentionally by the Patriots. I don't see either Florida State or Duke wanting to make this kind of mistake. I don't see it adding an advantage to either squad. Fair. Uh, at number three, Kyrie Irving, super happy go lucky guy, is asking for a trade from the Nets. He uh, initially accepted a one-year extension to his max contract offer. Sources are saying that he wants to go to L.A. with the Lakers to, to join LeBron. I don't know why with that dysfunction. And I don't know why anyone would want Kyrie, to be honest with you. Yeah, and what are the Lakers going to trade for him? I mean, these guys think they can just force a, a team, a franchise, to deal them wherever they want to go. It's like, look, we, we trade you, but we're going to trade you to whoever offers us the best deal. Like, we're not going to, 
if, if we can send you where you want to go, that's all well and good, but that is not the first consideration. And I, I would imagine the market for Kyrie would be, you know, not exactly booming. I'm sure there'd be some franchise that would love to have him, but uh, I don't know. I mean, who, who runs the Lakers? LeBron? Like, who, who's he going to send to New Jersey that's going to satisfy their needs? At number four, Tennessee men's basketball, number two in the country, will be taking on Auburn Tigers, number 25 in the country, at Thompson Bowling Arena tomorrow at 2 p.m. on ESPN. I did double-check FanDuel. They are still nine-and-a-half favorite. Maybe Vegas knew. The all-time series with Auburn, 79-44, to dating all the way back to 1927. Auburn will be looking for their 10th win all-time in Knoxville, looking to move to double digits tomorrow. Tennessee looking for their 50th win all-time against Auburn in Knoxville. Balls are 11-2 and against Auburn at Thompson Bowling, dating back to the year 2000. Russ, I Just wanted, a few numbers for you. I wanted to ask you something because you brought this up yesterday. You said that you didn't feel good about the Florida game because you saw the message boards and how they were reacting was similar to Kentucky. I'm sure there's more confidence from Auburn. Do you think that this is a correlation? What do you mean? Well, like you said, you f- you didn't feel good about Florida because all the fans were saying, oh, there's no chance we're going to win this. We, like, we might as well just give up now kind of thing. And then all of a sudden they win. Like, I'm wondering. I didn't feel good about it. And I mean, afterwards, like uh, going in, I felt fine about it. And it was only in hindsight that it was just like, man, the Tennessee was just really overconfident. I don't sense any overconfidence hmm. from Tennessee fans going into this one. I think anybody who's followed this rivalry, who's followed – uh, the Bruce Pearl saga dating back to his time at Tennessee is penciling this thing into the W column. I think this is a toss-up in my mind. No, I agree with that. And finally, at number five, a uh, Michigan man says that uh, his six-year-old son ordered $1,000 worth of food from Grubhub. Nice. Says that he uh, left his phone with his six-year-old son so he could play some games on there before heading to bed. <laughs> And all of a sudden, he was left with a $1,000 bill. So did they deliver the food, and the son like yeah. got it and chopped yeah. down? Well, so according uh, to to uh, the individual, Keith Stonehouse, said that uh, all of a sudden, his son was sorting food from different restaurants, leading to a string of unexpected deliveries, all uh, the food piling up quickly at their doorstep in their Detroit area home. And uh, apparently, though might work out for them as Grubhub reached out to them and offered them a $1,000 gift card and also uh, are considering using the family as online promotion for a campaign. So (laughs) this kid might have just set his parents up for life. I don't know, Bear, what what would you do? Uh, You know, Junior's too old to pull that stunt, but say he wasn't. Say he was six years old and you're just trying to snooze a little bit. You give him the phone to pacify him, and all of a sudden you start hearing that doorbell ringing a couple of times, and next thing you know, you're deluged with $1,000 of takeout order that there's no way you could possibly eat, no way you could possibly store. What do you do? Uh, We would spend probably hours of intense instruction after that. Uh, I would also avail myself of every uh, legal thing. Uh, I pulled a stunt. We don't legal have enough thing. time in the show for me to go over the stunt I pulled. 
but it involved my old man's credit card. And if you're not 18, you can't. Uh, you legally, I don't know if it's still this way, but you legally can't make a purchase with a credit card. So, I'm a $600 chargeback. So it's good to know Grubhub made that right. Yeah. Honestly, part of me wants to pull this out. Like if I ever have a kid, be like, oh, my son did this. I didn't do this. Yeah, but what you'd end up doing, Marcus, with your luck, buddy, is that you wouldn't get the $1,000 gift card or the uh, promotion. You'd be stuck with it. Yeah, Marcus would just be eating it. Literally. Really sad eating. Is that what you're trying to say? Well, I mean, you could order pizza. You could order anything. And claim that you didn't and that it was your son. It was a mistake. And you, you tell, you know, whoever you ordered from, hey, this is what happened. And chances are, I mean, there, there's at least, a ch- you know, the worst thing that's happened is is you have to pay for the, the meal that you ordered that you're going to eat. But uh, maybe, maybe they write it off and say, hey, you know what? We're not going to send anybody out there to, to get it. You see where I'm going with this yeah, bear? Yeah. yeah, I do, but. You're not the first the person drive that, audience this afternoon. You're not the first person who's dreamed up that scam. I think I am. <laughs> uh, being somebody that's worked off and on in the industry for 30 years in various forms, uh, no, you're not. Mm-hmm. Promise. There's, we'll let uh, Marcus try it this weekend and get back to us, see if it works. Thank you, Marcus. That is the top five at five. It's brought to you this afternoon by National Law Rex, where I am for another hour or so here today. Uh, you can come check them out at 11, 134 Kingston Pike in Farragut. And they also now are offering uh, Botox, B12 shots, uh, weight loss options here. A lot of things they're doing now at National Law Rex. And if you have any of those uh, questions about any of those products, any of those services, give them a call, 865-392-1770. Let them know you heard us talking about it here on Fan Run Radio. Of course, they're a full-service pharmacy with a full list of over-the-counter products. And, you know, people always asking, how can we support the brand, the show, and things like that? Best way to do it is to patronize our sponsors. Even if you don't have any prescription needs, you can come down here to National Law Rex and get your next bottle of vitamins, your next bottle of aspirin, pain relievers, uh, first aid, dental care stuff, eye care stuff. They've got it all here, over-the-counter products at National Law Rex. Swing by, make a purchase. Be sure to let them know you heard us talking about it here on Fan Run Radio. Again, 11134 Kingston Pike, kind of uh, a little bit up the street across from Farragut High School, right next door to Wendy's. We have full bank of phone calls. Let's knock them out. We'll start with Josh in Kentucky. Good afternoon, Josh. Hey, guys. What's going on? Hey, man. How you doing? I'm doing good. I just wanted to call in because I heard the conversation, you know, about Bruce Pearl. You know, if the, the fans still you know, had love for him or if, you know, they had hatred for him. And immediately, as a Kentucky fan, it reminded me of a lot of U.K.'s fans' feelings toward Rick Pitino. Uh, mm. You know, after he left U.K., ended up at Louisville, I just wanted to say that as a U.K. fan, I'll always love Rick Pitino because sort of like Bruce Pearl done, Rick Pitino restored the program uh, when it had basically fallen apart. He restored the program and also won a national title and a runner-up. So 
I don't know how any UK fan could hate Rick Pitino. Same thing, vice versa. I don't know how a Tennessee fan could really hate Bruce Pearl for what he'd done to their program. He got it on track to be, you know, basically where it's at now. Yeah, and I, you know, I kind of agree with what Jamie's initial point was there at the end of hour two, which is it's not, you know, he, he didn't, he screwed himself out of this job. He didn't do it on purpose. He felt terribly about it and was probably more devastated than any Tennessee fan who, who liked him and was sad to see him go was. So, you know, it'd be one thing yeah. if he was trash talking Tennessee like Spurrier did back in the day or Kiffin does. We still have exactly. some fans who, who would take Kiffin back even though he loves needling Tennessee I mean, now these days. But Patino, Bruce Pearl never did any of that. Yeah. has always said that he his biggest regret or one of his biggest regrets was leaving UK. He wished he had stayed there, you know. He'd probably be the he'd be running under Coach K for all time wins, so you know as a UK fan, I can't hate Patino. So, I, you know, if I was a Tennessee fan, I don't see how I could hate Pearl. You know, so. And uh, they got a good selection of Italian restaurants there in Lexington. He could have frequented as well. Oh yeah, yeah. There's there's some good ones. There's 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 some good ones. I'm sure he actually opened one up. Patino did. He owned it for a long time after he left. I think he finally sold it out to somebody else. Uh, there you go. He could he could have used that where that he got in all that trouble with that woman he was using in Louisville. That would have been worked out better for him and possibly. I, and I just want to say I'm sick that you all lost to Florida because I, I I can't I hate Florida. I do. I guess it's from those uh, the Billy Donovan years when they beat UK up so bad when Joe Kim Noah and the crew was there. I just established a, a hatred for them. So I'm about as sick as you guys are from the loss to Florida. I hate it for you guys. Yeah, we hate it for us, too. Josh, good to hear from you, my friend. Hope all is well. Hey, guys, take care. Hope you all beat Auburn Saturday. All right. Appreciate the good vibes and good karma coming up from north of the border this afternoon. That is, that, that, that's weird that he, he said that about you know, like the Joe Kim Noah teams because it's the exact – like, we own them. Like, the Tennessee basketball team at that time, they, we punk them out regularly. It's one of the best features of the Bruce Pearl era. Which is, Let's get Will in here next. Good afternoon, Will. Hey, guys. Um, I'll identify my bias right up front. I am a Rick Barnes lover and a fan of the Tennessee Volunteers. Um, I just want to know what you all think would be the fan reaction for – a Tennessee team that was ranked number one in the country, wins the SEC, loses in the second round of the SEC tournament, and then flames out against an eight seed in the second round of the NCAA tournament, has a potential rookie of the year, current rookie of the year on the roster, and then a dominant seven-foot big man. How would, uh, how would the Barnes bashers take that one, the guys who love Bruce Pearl? <laughs> I see what you did there. My guess is none of us would That's take that. The 2021, well. 2022 Auburn Tigers. It, everybody thinks Bruce walks on water. He's had plenty of embarrassing losses and plenty of uh, really, really disappointing seasons. That's not even bringing up his losing record at Auburn. Uh, I know they're quick to excuse that horrible last year he had at Tennessee too. 
Um, but yeah, last year was up there with his worst coaching jobs he's ever done. Man, I, I, I will just add, I'll just add this though, uh, Will, and you bring up an astute observation. If if Rick Barnes had been to a Final Four here at Tennessee, like Bruce went a couple of years ago in 2019, um, I, I think we would forgive just about anything at that point because that's all Tennessee basketball fans want is just one Final Four trip and. Um, I know the expectations would raise after that, but I mean that would that would seal it. You know, we asked the question if if Barnes goes to an elite eight this year, has we, we has he done more than Pearl did here? I mean, if he goes to the final four, he's done more than anybody's done here, and you can't even argue at that point. So Pearl's he's got that in his back pocket. Well, I, I think if he goes to the elite eight, you can't argue. I mean, the the last bullet left in the Bruce did more than Barnes chamber is that he went to an elite eight. Yeah. Uh, and once that bullet is gone and I, I think it will soon, then there is no argument. What, what, what is there left to say? Um, you know, with, I mean, yeah, I guess, uh, the other point I would have in Barnes's favor is where in the long-term projection of the Tennessee basketball program, are we going to be healthier because of our time with Rick Barnes restoring our program, bringing in great coaches who make a coaching tree, who go out to become head coaches themselves, um, putting one-and-done guys into the NBA, or, you know, bringing a guy. Bruce is kind of like a comet shooting across the sky. It burns hot, and then it just flames out. That's some some really good points. I mean, you're looking – you know, I mean, we could be, uh, we could be, uh, if Bruce was here, Steve would be number two on the bench. Mm. And, you know, he'd be aligning him to take the throne. I think anybody who can watch would see that that nepotism is in play. Um, we'd, we'd still be getting Jackie singing the national anthem, I guess. Morgan, I just, I'll take uh, she'd be volunteer, I'll take Karen. Got. Big Orange Karen. Big Orange Karen. Uh, with yeah. all that said, I guess my take on it would be, is it is it a wrong answer to just say, I liked the guy when he was here. I appreciate the winning and the memories, but I don't have to be a fan of him now, do I? I think that's the proper approach to take to this question. Well, so I feel about I it. I got nothing left to say. All right. Good stuff, Will. Appreciate you, my friend. Have a great weekend. Will, checking in and adding some reason and rationality to the program, something that is sometimes in short supply when it comes to sports and Tennessee fandom. So his Barnes has surpassed like length of tenure now, hadn't he? Yeah, this is his eighth season. Pearl was here six years. Yeah, so, I mean, that was another milestone for me because it's like Barnes has been here a lot longer. Mm-hmm. He's probably going to end up being here as long as – I mean, how many? How long was Mears here? I'm trying to think where he would rank all time. Would he be the all-time dean of Tennessee? I was looking at this a couple of weeks ago, and I, I can't remember the exact numbers, but I remember thinking it's going to be – impossible for him to pass mirrors and in, in number of wins 
unless he stays here like another 10 years. Like Mears, Mears won a lot of games here. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Was here for a long time. But, you know, I think what Rick Barnes has built will – it's like Will was saying the, about the coaches, the, you know, the coaching tree – uh, the players, the program. Um, and you've said it time and time again. Whenever Barnes does decide uh, that he's done, it, it's it's not like Danny White's going to have to go looking far and wide for applications. Let's get TJ in here before the break. TJ, the Kentucky fan, you're on the Big Orange Phillies phone lines. Go ahead, sir. TJ, you there? TJ, TJ going once, TJ going twice. Hold on a second. All right, take your time. TJ. Hey, hello. Hey, there he is. What's up, TJ? I heard you. You couldn't hear me. No worries. It's Friday. I get it. Hey, look, you know, Josh had that all wrong, the Kentucky fan. He had that all wrong. I don't like Rick Pitino because of what he did at Kentucky. I like Rick Pitino because he went to Louisville on an inside job and just destroyed their basketball program. <laughs> he did win a national title while he was there. No, he didn't. They took it down. What oh, title? Oh, stop, There's no title TJ. there. What? Uh, I, I'm just I love saying. the bad blood. Hating ass TJ. Uh, I, look, I love hey, look. <laughs> now, that is a rivalry. Hey, look, you can't tell me for one minute if a coach – that coached at Tennessee, let's say Philip Fulmer, after he left Tennessee, went to Alabama, and he just destroyed their program from inside out. You couldn't tell me that you wouldn't love Philip Fulmer for the rest of your life for doing that. I mean, I, I would love him anyway for the national title he won here. I don't know how I would feel. I, first of all, I can't even picture that in my mind. Second of all, I don't know how I would re- react to that hypothetical situation but uh tj i mean you're kentucky basketball you guys invented cheating in college athletics you guys have had wins and banners and things like that taken away but you still claim those wins don't you in your heart of hearts i mean damn son they they shut down your program for how many years for cheating I mean, like shut you all down yeah well brick patino the cheater himself came in and said i'll cheat for kentucky but won't get caught but i'll go to louisville and cheat and i'll get caught and their program will go to crap and look at kenny Payne; he's only won three games there and i tell you this too the glee in his voice talking about (laughs) kenny Payne struggling it's maybe his best call ever (laughs) hey and i tell you this too rick patino did have an Italian restaurant opened, but it was only open for 15 seconds. But anyway. Oh, TJ, I like that joke, but it's a little premature, I must say. But no. I know. Hey, look, here. Here's the thing. I think that by the end of the year, you're going to have a maybe an undefeated Alabama team, which I think the only two teams in the last 15 years or something like that in the SEC to go undefeated was the 2015 in 2012, Kentucky team? I don't know what years, but... And then under Alabama being undefeated, you're going to have probably maybe a two- or three-way tie for second going into the tournament. I don't know. It could be kind of tricky here uh, 
once the SEC tournament gets here to decide who's, you know, two, three, four seed. Because it, it's pretty, the race is pretty close right now. Yeah, yeah, we were talking about that the other day. I mean, it's hard for Tennessee fans to imagine. We just assumed that eh, if you're not the first seed, you'll be the second seed. But there's a lot of basketball left to be played here, and uh, you got some winning to do, or you could be playing on Thursday. So it's going to be interesting to see how it plays out. Who does Kentucky have tomorrow, TJ? Florida. All right. <laughs> yep. We, uh, we've got Florida at 8.30 after the Duke-North Carolina game. That's weird that they would put – because for primetime in college football, they have the 8 o'clock game. It's at 8. It's just weird that they have it for 6 for uh, for college basketball. That is strange. That is strange. That is the premier matchup, though, is that 6 p.m. tip. On who, it is, who are you so. pulling for in Florida versus Kentucky, Bear? Uh, probably Florida. But, like, I know Kentucky's going to win because the refs are going to let uh, Toshibwe do what it is Toshibwe gets to do which is basically, you know, something just barely short of MMA tactics uh, when his, his playing style. So he gets away with murder. Oscar Deshibwe moving up the power rankings of most hated Kentucky Wildcats ever in my book, TJ. Okay. I, I, okay, I hate his on. guts. Hold he's, on. He's, Wait he's a minute. He's dirty. He's got a receding hairline, and he gets away with murder. Barry, you when, have a, when we play – when we played Tennessee, didn't you, Roche, pull down Cason Wallace by the freaking jersey? I didn't see that. Okay, I'm sure you Doesn't didn't. sound like the Uroche I know, TJ. Nope. <laughs> y'all get out of here, man. I hope y'all get pounded by Auburn. That's it. <laughs> I'm going to hit the flush button on you, buddy. You're just gone. TJ. What about that, though, man? I, I'm always uh, – I like when we stumble into, like – a call like that where he, he's really letting his t- – taking off all the masks, just letting the hate flow about Louisville. It was beautiful. 865-546-8200, your number to get on the Big Orange Phillies phone lines. Quick timeout. We're back with more right after this. Video Thrive continues. Russell Bear and Marcus Young back with you. Ben Slotnick working hard behind the scenes in the White Claw Hard Seltzer Studios as well. Great phone activity here this afternoon on the program. Let's keep it rolling. Steve is next. Hello, Steve. Hey, guys. How you doing? Doing well. How are you, sir? Good. Hey. I don't consider myself a Barnes basher, but um, I just had a question. I heard a couple callers ago bring up the one-and-dones. Um, looking at the last three one-and-dones and what they've done in the NBA, it seems like they might have been better off staying in school. And then you put that on top of the Victor Baileys and the, the kid that came from Auburn went to Washington State doing better at their new well, places. You say they like would have been better. Sta- you, when you say the la- our last three one-and-dones, Kennedy Chandler, Jaden Springer, and Keon Johnson, would have been better staying in school. Like, how so? Elaborate on that for me. Tell me how they would have been done better. 
Well, they're not doing anything in the NBA. They're not impact players. They're all relatively G League or bench players playing minimal minutes. So I feel like they could have improved their draft stock and maybe. But but I'll tell you what, Steve. You go and look on online. Look up their contracts. All three of those guys signed contra- NBA contracts that guaranteed them ten million dollars at least over the life. And Keon Springer were up near like fourteen or fifteen. I think uh, Chandler was like nine point nine million dollars guaranteed on his contract. Now you tell me what world anybody living in with half a brain, eighteen, nineteen years old, is going to turn down that kind of money. Right. Well, if you're a good NBA player, though, and and if you play two more years in college, you could quadruple that, right? So if you you could also blow uh, out your listen, knee, listen, listen. I'm not like I said. I'm not. A, I'm not a Barnes basher, but is there is there a possibility that that they're not getting great advice and he's not able to keep? Like, there's a reason because they're not doing anything in the NBA. So great, they're going to make their money. They're going to be out of the league in two years. Right, they're four years, whatever. And I'm not trying to make this a bad thing. It's just it's a legitimate question. Like they're not doing it; they're doing zero in the league. They're going to be nothing. Well, yeah, I mean, but the Chandler's played a little bit this year. He's bouncing back and forth. He's a young guy. He's undersized. Like first of all, he's not going to get any taller. Keon, right. uh, and, and I don't, I don't follow it night in, night out. I have to go back and look this up. But every time I have, like, he's playing for the Blazers. Like he's. He's not uh, a star, but he's, 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 he's playing Spring- Springer's right. been back yeah, and anyway, forth. Again, but- that's my que- so that's my question. Like guys, it seems to be like uh, we're getting one and dones, but they're not like impact players in the league. And it feels like had they stayed a year or two, they could have improved their draft stock, made more money. And again, maybe they're getting bad advice. I'm not saying this is on Barnes. But, like, is there a reason that they're choosing to go, or is it just short-sighted they see the money? Yeah, because Kennedy Chandler had life, you know, generational changing wealth. It doesn't matter. I I, I feel you, Steve. It it would have been better for us, right, if they stayed. I would have loved for all of those guys to stay a second year. They would have been better college players. I don't know how much they would have improved their draft stock. And at the end of the day, we're talking about $10 million. It's not like a couple hundred thousand dollars. It's not like one million, $10 million changes your life forever. Like you are set. Your family is set. Who can say no to that? I I mean, I'm not arguing that that's fair, but in terms of wanting to be like, if you recruit guys who want to be the guy they want to be good NBA players. They don't want to be out of the league in three years. So, uh, anyway, I'm not arguing that. I'm just asking the question. I think yeah. you answered it, so that's fair. But, anyway, yeah, and let's go beat Auburn. Go get him. That, yeah, thanks, Steve. Appreciate the phone call. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm the other thing I would say is I doubt that any of those three, and it's not even doubt, no, none of those three think that they're going to be out of the league after that first contract when they go. No. And even though like Springer has probably struggled the most out of all those three to catch on, and again, I haven't been following his career closely, but he's probably 21 years old or so. I doubt that he feels like his book is anywhere close to being written. No, um, he's 21 those, and he's a millionaire, bro. young players, young prospects with a lot of time left on their NBA shelf lives and plenty of time to improve, so... 
at the end of the day though, man, like again, I, I know it's, we live in a materialistic society and that's a bad thing and it shouldn't always be about the money, but man, $10 million. Yeah, you can't. I mean, to to me, it's not even being greedy or being materialistic. You just, yeah, it's $10 million, man. You change the, I mean, generational. Your kids won't have to worry if you, if you take care of it. Like you just talking about Jay, Jay Springer's 21. He's, he's a millionaire. So he's going to be able, I know, you know, like you said, he hasn't really stuck with anybody yet, but because he's a millionaire, he's going to be able to devote all his time to, you know, nutrition, training, getting better and working on uh, his shot at making it. At the end of the day, if, if he doesn't make it in the NBA, he's still going to go over and make just wheelbarrows full of money playing in Europe. Yeah, Keon's not playing a lot. He's averaging around 10 and a half minutes and just, you know, looking at the Blazers last five games, ESPN.com. I mean, it looks like he's played in pretty much all their games in the last month or so, but two minutes, five minutes, two minutes, four minutes, six minutes. I mean, things, you're, you're two, you, you would hope that he's playing a little bit more than that, but uh, still, I mean, and I, and I feel like he's coming back to who among us, even, I mean, there are doctors and lawyers listening to this show right now in their, you know, the prime of their professional careers who would drop whatever they are doing now and go work wherever they are offered to work for $10 million guaranteed over four, four years. Yes, absolutely. So I don't, ZR okay. in here next. Good afternoon, ZR. You're on the drive. It's fan run radio. What's going on, guys? Hey, Z, how you doing, buddy? Well, I'm doing good at the drunk tank tonight. Everything's looking better. Uh, I heard Rick Barnes is considering going to the NBA and coaching. Have you heard that? I have not heard that. I mean, he's he's really showing how good he is. He needs to go over there to the other side. Would you not agree with that? Where'd you hear this, ZR? Is this just... Fever Rumored dreams. innuendo down from your buddies at uh, whatever bar you're frequenting these days? <laughs> I don't know where I heard. I heard somebody talking at the bar. It's true. And they talk about Rick Barnes going to go to the NBA and coach. That way Where's he, he going to go? Anybody. Would you not agree go, with that? Is he going to go coach uh, LeBron and the Lakers? He might. Hmm. I mean, I, I don't know. I thought y'all knew things. I don't I'm just know trying much. to add to your all show. <laughs> Wait, here's the thing, ZR. You're being all sarcastic and trying to take no, a shot at Rick, Rick Barnes. Barnes. That's is a great hold coach. on. That, that that's cool. You 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 don't think Rick Barnes is a great coach? Then why is he going to go to no, the NBA? I thought they coach. only want the best of the best up there. He is a great coach. Would you not agree with that? Well, he's won what 800 games now. Yeah, he must be doing something right. Yeah, he is. What do you think about Bruce Pearl and this game coming up? What's going to be going on, guys? Tell me. I think Rick Barnes is going to beat him like a drum and then go shake his hand and tell him God bless him after the game. Really? You think so? So what happened last time these two hooked up? Auburn really looked good. That guard they have, he was sticking it in the hole. And we have guards over there can't stick it in the hole. Would you not agree with that? <laughs> Hello? Kind of, 
sounding not family appropriate right now, CR, but I would say that Tennessee's guard. They oinked. I would say that Tennessee's guards are going to stop Auburn's guards tomorrow. That's what I would say. I think Tennessee is going to suffocate Auburn. Smother them. These Barnes bashers coming out from underneath their rocks this afternoon, Bear. It's really starting to get on my nerves, quite frankly. MZR. That was two in a row there. I love I love the ones that the miserable. The the my favorite ones are ones that will preface everything by saying, I'm not a Barnes basher. But and then proceed to go down a on a five minute diatribe. Well, I, I mean I, I didn't detect any of that from uh the last uh Steve. Mm-hmm. He was just saying that he he wishes those players had stuck around to I mean, if anything, I think he was like you know, praising Barnes for his ability to develop players and says that they would have done better. And, you know, he might be right on that. I, I didn't mean to come off uh, rude against Steve. I mean, you know, uh, Grant, Ad, uh, Grant Williams definitely benefited from staying three full seasons under Rick Barnes's tutelage. He's doing the best out of all these guys right now. He was the light, lightest recruited. He was of, uh, of those three. playing major minutes in the NBA finals last year and, you know, if not for just some bad bounces on the, you know, the way the ball bounced last year, could have easily won a ring. I just think it's human nature, though, man. When you're presented with that kind of earning potential, to heck yeah! If, if you're not going to jump all over it at the end of the day, like you're gonna, it's it's just going to be hard to say no to unless you just have real just the utmost confidence in your abilities, or if you play for Kentucky and they offer you $12 million for one year. Stay with us. The drive continues. We've got to find out who's on the docket when we get back with you. We'll wrap things up as well. Fan Run Radio, back with more right after this. All right, it is time for the docket, brought to you by Fox & Farmer, the Car Wreck Pro Attorneys. A misdemeanor menacing charge against Bengals running back Joe Mixon was dismissed today. The Hamilton County Prosecutor's Office requested that the aggravated menacing charge against Mixon be dismissed, according to a filing issued Friday afternoon. Authorities reserve the right to refile the case at a later date. The prosecutor said the victim understands the need to dismiss the case and would be in favor of moving forward with the charge if it needs to be refiled. Hmm. So, so I'd heard reports that there was a uh, some a settlement was exchanged. Um, that might be in the offing. According to a complaint filed Thursday, police claimed that Mixon pointed a firearm at a woman, which is a first-degree misdemeanor in Ohio. Hours after the paperwork was filed and the arrest was uh, warrant was issued, Mixon's agent told ESPN that he expected the charges to be dropped this morning. And um, well. Joe Mixon, of course, uh, not a great history with violence against women dating back to his time at Oklahoma. Yeah, I saw a lot of people think this may – he may have played his final game as a Bengal. Really? Yeah. A lot of people in Cincinnati, the chatter I saw is they'd be perfectly fine with saying bye to him and trying to 
I think they would like to get uh, what's the kid from Texas, Bijan. Mm-hmm. Pick him up in the draft. That makes him a pretty good running back, despite his troubled off the field history. And we have an update on the missing monkeys from the Dallas Zoo this afternoon. Finally, they have been found. Missing monkeys found in a closet of an abandoned home. Local police took a man they believe responsible into custody at the Dallas World Aquarium near other animal exhibits. 24-year-old Davion Irvin arrested yesterday and charged with six counts of animal cruelty. As police continue to investigate a series of suspicious events over the last month, police received a tip that Irvin was at the aquarium when officers arrived, he was seen getting on a dart train before he was taken into custody. A dart train, I guess, is like the uh, Dallas uh, Rapid transit. Uh, mass transit yeah. situation there. Question at police headquarters. And the two monkeys appeared to have been purposely taken from the zoo on Monday, according to police, which said uh, their enclosure was intentionally cut. They were found in an empty home in the nearby city of Lancaster, Texas, and returned to the zoo without any injury. So there's been a, yeah, a that's a, a good good ending to the story, I suppose. Well, I mean, it's a, it's still a sad story. A, a lot of weird stuff has been going on. Remains to be seen. I'm sure they're going to be looking at this guy uh, for the death of uh, the 35 year old lappet faced vulture. Uh, Penn was his name. Uh, I. If it's all right with you, Russ, I, the Dallas Zoo put out a statement about this. Okay. Uh, it reads as follows, Russell. We're so Fair grateful. Determined to make this weird, but uh, go ahead. We're so grateful for the support we've received as we comprehend the unexpected loss of our 35-year-old lappet-faced vulture, Pin. Losing him is devastating, not only to our zoo family, but also to the conservation efforts of this species. And what Pen, did this guy do to Pen the vulture? He offed him. He unalived him. He killed it. I told you, you didn't want to, you didn't, you didn't believe me when I said there was a crazy story down in Dallas, man. It was like cages are getting cut open. This is where the clouded leopard almost got out or did get out. And then this poor vulture was assassinated in cold blood. I, I don't recall debating you on this but uh yeah i mean it's it's a weird story and uh glad that it, it's it's just weird man i don't know this guy's got some he's got some major league issues. issues yeah did you read the statement bear about about the whole situation like yeah so like they're I, here's what i don't understand is that if this is such because you wanted it to be high priority let's i felt like we should have covered it a little bit more in depth yes why does it feel like I've only heard about this from you then? <laughs> I don't because know. you have. I noticed it. I noticed the news story from, uh, it was either the AP or Reuters, and I started paying attention because I thought it was really odd. Who the hell would go into a zoo and start, you know, cutting cages open and killing lappet-faced vultures that apparently everybody at the Dallas Zoo, it was, you know, like their best buddy. It was a great picture of Penn. Too. I'm gonna. I'll retweet it for everybody, all our listeners. He was a handsome devil. Did they ever find the uh, leopard? Yeah, they found it. 
Like those things are apparently like really shy animals, and I think they found it like hidden up in a tree somewhere. It's it's not a, a very big cat. It, it's not like a five or six hundred pound Bengal tiger just walking along. I bet that's a creepy thing to place to be at night after hours by yourself the, in a zoo. In a zoo, yeah, where half the animals there are higher up the food chain is you as far as predator, you know. Ain't nobody higher up the food chain than me, bro. I wouldn't want to get loose in in a cage with some of these things, but there's a reason they're in a cage. Because we won that battle. Put you in a cage with a polar bear. You'd be dinner. That is the docket brought to you by Fox & Farmer, the Car Wreck Pro attorneys. You check them out online at foxandfarmer.com or give them a call at 865-531-9400 to schedule a free no obligation consultation with the Car Wreck Pro attorneys at Fox and Farmer. Wrapping up the show on a Friday afternoon. We'll thank National Law Rex for having us out here this afternoon. It's been a beautiful Friday here in East Tennessee and uh, hopefully gearing up for a victorious Saturday afternoon. Tip-off is at 2 p.m. tomorrow, meaning volunteer your action will get growing around 4 p.m., as soon as that thing is over, and uh, hopefully we shall drink from the keg of glory once again tomorrow afternoon. I don't like the keg of despair Wednesday night. It wasn't fun. I want to do that again. No, that was not a uh, it was not a fun night the other night. And and the keg always tastes sweeter when it's got that uh, that tiger logo on the side of it. It's always sweeter is when it's sweetened by Bruce Pearl's tears. Yeah. Golly. It is kind of wild, though. There's not more excitement around around this. And you put it all to us beating them last year? I think that had... I think that I don't know, man. I, I think that's a big factor. I, I think that we just had a big game against Texas that a lot was put into because of the barn storyline and because of it was a top ten opponent and we hadn't had many top ten versus top ten matchups in the history of Thompson Bowling. And Auburn's not ranked that highly. They're, they're number twenty five. This, this is not one of his better teams. It's still a good team, uh, and um, you know that kind of worries me that our fan base might think that Tennessee's just going to roll out there and, and beat them. But uh, Well, not only that, if they don't just roll out there and beat them, they're going to be crazed, uh, angry about it. Yeah, should be an interesting Monday afternoon edition of the drive, one way or the other. Have we managed to get today's show recorded and posted online for the podcast listeners without further incident? Yes. All right. Yeah. Young Benny Slots off the hook Yeah. for today. But uh, hopefully it was a lesson learned. And apologize to those of you who did not get to hear our number two of yesterday's show. I was told it was some of our best work ever, but it is lost to the ages. Hour two. Well, uh, that was a great Marcus uh... – flat tire hour yeah yeah that was me talking about how masculine i looked in my work parking lot in the rain glistening baron john, baron john with your, tweet had with a your, uh, with your with your crack test glistening in the sun 
What do I have a contest to tweet about now? I fall in his trap every time, Russ. <laughs> the he's whole, a troll. There's a whole foot under the car thing that he got you with. He's an idiot. Thank you, Barry. Thank you, Marcus. Thank you, Ben. Thank you to Jets Pizza for feeding us out here at National RX. Have a great weekend. We'll do it again Monday, 3 to 6, here on Fan Run Radio. The drive.